0: All right, we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome. 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 You are listening to Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead and I'm very happy to be here with you as always. Today it is Monday, September the 12th, the day after September the 11th. Talk a little bit about that and so much more. We have so much news and events and craziness and questions and predicaments to talk about. And yes, I do live in Canada and there's a lot going on in Canada. And I know for my audience tuning in from other countries, politics in Canada isn't the most exciting, but I will promise to make it as exciting as possible today. Only so that I can inform you about what's going on, give you an update and we can compare notes with each other, regardless of what country you live in and see if we see any similarities. And we're going to ask a lot of questions and we're going to see about some ideas that you guys might have as we go. I want to hear from you in the chat. I'm going to do my best to monitor some chats today and see what you think. What should we do? And I'm going to be speaking a lot in a Canadian context because uh, things are really heating up here. I think we got a federal election around the corner. We just had a new candidate selected for the Conservative Party. And it's, there's a lot of people divided on this. It's uh, quite a time to live in this country. But, anyways, that's me. How are you? I hope you're all well. Have you been taking care of yourself z- during the apocalypse? This is important. This is important. This is something that I've been uh, really working hard on staying sane, staying healthy, staying fit, doing lots of stuff with the family, doing lots of stuff around the house, uh, trying to keep myself happy, healthy, and as free as possible in these times where freedom is under threat from all over the place. Um, yeah, I've been just making a few little diet changes. I've been uh, doing a lot of exercising I Had some knee issues I had a lot of knee issues. Anybody out there got knee problems? <laughs> I'm an old war horse might put my body through a lot. And uh, I'm suffering a little bit, but I'm glad I did it. But And my wife got me some kind of collagen and, uh, I didn't know much about it. It's been doing miracles. Uh, so that's been good. Uh, as I said, cleaning up the diet a little bit, got a little bit gluttonous there in the, in the winter last year. And I'm going to try this winter as the winter, as the dark winter comes in, I'm going to try to stay as healthy as possible. I think that's key. Got to take care of yourself so that you can be a more formidable person in this war in this information war, in this war for truth, freedom, and justice. Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you get enough sleep, all that good stuff. Um, all right. Well, my, I think we're going live on all of my streams. I'm just sort of rambling on here, just double-checking that we're everything's good. So shout-out to everybody listening on The Foxhole, on Pilled, on DLive, on Rockfin, on Twitch, and on Rumble. We're live on Rumble now. Make sure you check out my Rumble channel. But wherever you're watching, thank you for tuning in. Let's get into some news. It's going to be a news show. Oh, and speaking of news shows, I am going to be adding, as of this week, right? Let me just make sure I'm not promising something. Yeah, as of this week, I'm going to be doing a morning news segment, a morning news show that'll be kind of similar to this one um, that we're going to do today, where I'm just going to cover... A lot of the stuff that I'm looking into and that I'm following, uh, if you follow me on my Telegram or, or my Twitter, you know, I'm, I'm on there quite a bit. So I figured I would do a little show with you guys live on Wednesdays. I'm going to do it probably around 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'm Pacific, so I'm earlier than everybody on the timeline. But uh, yeah, we're going to do a morning show on Wednesdays, add that to the mix. And then Mondays, I'll keep it to guests and my wild speculations on different subjects. And then Wednesdays, we'll try to just narrow in on the news of the day and see what's going on and see if anything we can make any sense of it all. So hope you'll join me for that. But speaking of news, this is going to be somewhat of a news show today for you guys. Uh, We just had Pierre Polyev voted in by a massive majority as the leader of Canada's Conservative Party, which has been an abject failure for so long Uh, and everybody's very high hopes uh, about Pierre, or a lot of people are. Other people think this is just a bait and switch. We can't trust the man. What are we going to do, right? Some people believe there's no political solution. Everybody's kind of got their take. You guys are all grown up. If you're living in Canada, I'll let you decide what you think the best move for you is when it comes to politics as we move into this next election. We can all agree, though. Uh, that we somehow, some way got to get rid of this guy. People together.
1: Is not always compatible. With science with
0: science. Trying to bring people together is not always compatible with science. trying to bring a country together trying to bring people together it just doesn't it's not always compatible with the science guys see this is where the this is where this guy's head is at what a clown um yeah so we got to do something about this in canada i'm sure uh, if you're in a different country you've got your wef puppet to deal with but then you get the opposition parties come in or the guys that rise up and they're the guy that's going to oust the tyrant and You think, oh, can we trust this incoming guy? Is this guy going to do any different? Is he going to make things better? Is he just a Band-Aid solution to keep everybody from complete, you know, Dutch farmer level revolt? (laughs) Is this a way to sort of calm everybody down? As I don't, I seriously don't know anybody that is voting for the liberals or any of their agenda right now in Canada. Nobody likes it. Even people that don't agree with me on politics are like, yeah, you got a point there. That guy in in Freeland and all these people, they're just insane. Um, So Canada's in quite a pickle. I don't even claim to have the answer, the solution really uh, to that, other than I'm just kind of sitting back watching it. I do have a few opinions. I'm gonna try to give you a bit of both sides here. On, On Pierre, we also have a candidate I've spoken about many times as well. We have Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada, which was a newer party. He was formerly a part of the Conservative Party. Then he broke away and started his own party. And the man has been at the forefront of the resistance movement in Canada, the Canadian truckers. Uh, He's literally been on the ground. He's been arrested by the cops. Uh, He's hounded. And he's either hounded or completely ignored by the media. pierre obviously got more of the limelight because he had more of a chance of actually getting in and now he's the leader of the conservative party they even brought in uh, a guy named jean chere who was just the guy's a liberal come on he ran as a liberal back in the day uh his policies are liberal policies and he pretended to be a conservative for a couple months to run against pierre for the leadership position i think that was one way that the liberals were trying to put their guy in to go well if we can get our guy in then we've got both parties controlled. Um, But now he got completely decimated. Everybody got decimated by Pierre. Uh, It was a massive, massive uh, differential between all the other candidates that we had running for head of the Conservative Party. Because it was a disaster after uh, Mr. O'Toole, O'Toole the Tool, Took the helm after the other disaster before him and the other disaster before him. It's just been a di- sequence of disasters when it comes to any real legitimate conservative values in this country. Our, the Conservative Party of Canada should not be called the cons- at this, it should not be called the Conservative Party of Canada. It wasn't made up of conservatives. It was made up of a bunch of spineless puppets that were mostly just still advocating for the globalist policies the world economic forum stuff the un stuff a lot of liberal policies uh disguised as conservative policies and so it's been controlled on both sides of the board in this country for a long time although politically the liberal party of canada has held power the most uh, especially in recent times and so i think people are just dying for a change And the sentiment here is that we've tried a lot of things as Canadians to try to hold our government to account, to try to get the wheels of justice turning for the crimes that have been committed against Canadian sovereignty, against our finance, our economy here, against the people of Canada, against our rights and freedoms, the numerous abuses. You know, we've been trying to find a way to correct course. And when the whole pandemic, fiasco unrolled or rolled out, there was a a big protest movement here, even before there was truckers. There was slowly this build of small little groups of people protesting these government mandates and these policies that had no science really to back them up and no justification legally. They were just doing it. Everybody was just going along with it. Both conservative, liberal, didn't matter. And so little pockets of people started to resist This would be like early 2020. And then as it went, it got bigger and bigger. We tried some pots and pans protests. We tried reaching out to our local MPs. Um, We tried doing letters. We tried doing campaigns. We tried all kinds of ways to peacefully get another point across that wasn't completely squashed and drowned up by the media narrative. Of course, the media is completely controlled and subsidized by the Canadian government in Canada and other private interests that I think have no interest in what's going on in the actual country. As it is with media around the world, you guys know the story. And um, so it's it started to get to a point where a lot of Canadians, and these are just your average, hardworking Canadians that were seeing the inflation, seeing the problems with the economy, seeing the problems with the government, seeing the fact that it's problems with the media not being a media, um, the constant pressure on farmers. The the pressure on Canadian farmers didn't just start recently as the Trudeau administration is trying to cut back due to all this climate nonsense. Um, It's been going on for a long time. I know a lot of farmers in Alberta, Saskatchewan grew up around these guys. And they've been having a lot of qualms with the way the government regulation has been tying their hands so that they can't really do any kind of independent farming, local farming. It's been just hell on that front. And it's about to get worse. So people were seeing that. And then you had all the COVID policies come in. And then you had this stupid arrive can't. I call it arrive can't because you can't arrive back to your country unless you show your papers, your digital papers, to make sure that you've taken our experimental drug uh, declare your status. You got to tell us all this personal private medical information and you got to download a government app or we're going to slap a six to $8,000 fine on you. Uh, there was that. A lot of people are pissed with that because they saw the disaster at the airports. I'm just trying to summarize all the things. There's so many things. There's been numerous scandals, numerous scandals in, the, in with the Trudeau party and Trudeau himself. Uh, most people I talk to can't even tolerate listening to the guy speak. Like I'll bet you that little 20-second clip was already hard enough on your ears, right? That's where people are at. They're so disgusted by how fake, how scripted, how disconnected this guy is. And we all know that he's just a, he he's reading a script, he's following orders. When the red phone rings in Ottawa, he answers it and does what he's told and that's it, right? And he just stays completely isolated from real Canadian people. When he goes out on the street, he can't walk two feet without having people call him a commie, dictator, fascist, get out of Canada, Trudeau, you're destroying our country, F Trudeau, everything you can imagine. Um, And so tension has been building, fueled by these politicians I think I've got, I think, yeah, I'm going to go through some of the statements that Trudeau and others had made um, to divide people further and then fueled by the media, of course, their lapdogs, because journalism's dead, apparently, except for us, the, the citizen journalists, of course. Um, and the sentiment of all these things, all these frustrations, and there's so many more, the frustrations with the First Nations people that they have, the qualms they have with the government, you know? And all of these things all started to boil up, and it eventually turned into the Canadian trucker convoy. And it started around the idea that these truckers were sick and tired of having to show their papers uh, when they were just going over the border. And then it moved into, well, no Canadian should have to do that. This is ridiculous. we got to stop the lockdowns. Uh, Quebec was hit, I think, the hardest uh, with lockdowns. Ontario maybe second and I don't know, maybe that's debatable. We were all hit in some way, shape, or form. They closed all our small businesses and funneled and directed all those, all that money towards the multinational corporations, which have zero allegiance to Canada. Uh, they closed down churches. There were massive protests and demonstration over George Floyd, over um, other issues that resulted in the burning down of churches, the destruction of statues, the destruction of you know, just areas of the city, the homeless populate, the homeless situations out of control, the, the fentanyl is just pouring in like crazy, the overdose deaths would make COVID look like a blip on the radar. And it seems like that's not a, a real issue of concern. They talk about it, but nothing ever really gets done about it. What else? The firearm issue, you know, the shootings. We had all these shootings and now there was a stabbing in Saskatchewan, which makes me wonder, are you okay? Well, there was a mass stabbing incident in Saskatchewan. So are we going to go and ban knives and have knife legislation? You got to register your kitchen knives now because there was a massive stabbing incident, which is horrendous and I'm not trying to play down any of these incidents. They're horrible. I'm just trying to weave it all into a mix here to give you guys an understand, just a basic sketch of what's been going on in my country under the rule of these parties, both the Conservatives and the Liberals. Because the Liberals, we can blame everything all we want on the Liberals and on Trudeau. Might make you feel better, but don't forget, the last election, Trudeau only won a minority government. He won a minority government. In Canada, you can win a minority, a majority... Um, so you want a minority government and so you'd have really the most powerful parties would be the NDP, the conservatives and the liberals, which we mostly just call the uniparty. People like me who've been watching these governments for a long time, um, because they all unify around the globalist policies of basically constantly dragging this out and plundering our economy. And and you get to a point where you go, either these people are really, really, really stupid and incompetent, or they're not working for us. And I tend to be in the camp that thinks it's the latter. I don't think these people work for us. And so it's hard to find out who to trust. So it's an interesting time because we had the trucker convoy. We all saw what went down with that. I documented it here while it was going on um and shout out to those truckers man for like yeah i still think history will will yet record just how important that was and not just in canadian history in world history because it ignited a freedom movement and a cry for freedom around the world you've even got the dutch farmers and all the farmers across europe that are protesting um and i think that's going to intensify it's going to intensify as we get into the winter. Um, But all those guys that were protesting, they were carrying Canadian flags with them. So who said we didn't have a massive effect? There were millions of Canadians. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you that if we had another convoy now, it would be five times as many people showing up at this point since then. So many people have woken up since then. In fact, um, I've got a really great video to quickly share with you on that front. To just give you an indication, this is just a drop in the bucket of the kind of videos that are coming out. You can actually go look up a hashtag called #I'mSorry. I'm sorry. I think it started on TikTok. Um, and it's basically people that were originally attacking anybody in Canada that was talking about freedom being under attack or being associated with the truckers. It all centered around the vaccine issue, but we all know it spreads out into so many other issues as well. Um, But they're basically apologizing now because I think people are really starting to see, first of all, the COVID narrative is crumbling. The COVID shot narrative is crumbling. We're getting tons of peer-reviewed data coming out now and all kinds of science and then just evidence in everybody's lives that this has been nothing but a disaster. And um, so we're seeing that awakening take place. And I think it all goes back to what went down in Canada with these truckers, these farmers, and these cowboys, and these bikers, and these veterans that did various movements, various uh, forms of protest that were peaceful. And the worst law that they maybe violated might have been noise complaints and parking. (laughs) That's pretty much it. And yet the government, what did they do? Double down, branded us all as terrorists, Nazi, racist, homophobes. The media caught on. A lot of people believed it. And now they're regretting trusting these known liars and criminals in our government and in our media. So that's a wonderful thing. So really quick, I'm just going to play you this apology video from this gentleman. It's going viral. Um, I've shared it on my Telegram channel and my Twitter. I encourage you to share this. And uh, if there's more of these videos coming out, uh, people like this, we need to listen to them. And I have nothing but respect for this man because it does take a man to realize he's wrong and come out and apologize and try to do the right thing. And so let's hear what he's got to say.
2: First started and the vaccine started rolling out. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening. I just, I soaked in whatever the government was telling me. And uh, you know what? It really, it really took the Freedom Convoy to open my eyes a little bit and to see what was going on. You know, seeing them trucks out in coots and tractors blowing through the barricades, and uh, seeing hundreds of people lined up on the on the on the highways, you know, supporting the convoy. Uh, it was really it was really touching, and that's when I really started to to dig deeper and to open my eyes. Uh, and sometimes it takes a big man to say, you know, what I screwed up. And I'm sorry. Well, from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't listen to you sooner. I'm sorry I let the government get the best of me and think that they had our best interest at heart. Uh, I want to encourage other people who are vaccinated to do the same thing. You know, we got you might not see it or because it doesn't affect you or it doesn't concern you but people are losing have lost their jobs they've lost family and friends they couldn't visit their sick parents in the hospital they couldn't be at funerals and weddings you know their friends some of their friends might have said you know what you're not vaccinated you're not my friend anymore and we really need to come back together as a people, and start to work together on this. So from me as a vaccinated person to all the unvaxed, I'm gonna to start to train and say, I'm sorry, I fucked up. And thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless.
0: Oh man. I. My heart goes out to that man and to everybody that got conned by these expert liars, expert propagandists. I don't, I really don't blame you. You're up against a very skilled opponent here. These people planned this extremely well. You got to give your hats off to them for that, the the respect that you give an opponent in a war. Uh, You know, they really did, they really did a number. And so, to this gentleman, whoever you are, I just want to thank you for having the courage to come out and say that piece, and just to be so authentic with it. And uh, nobody holds anything against you. And um, let's just fix this situation. Let's let's come together. There is no left, right, vaxxed, unvaxxed, all the different divisions we can come up with that the government's trying to use to keep us divided against each other, so we don't figure out. Who the real con artists are, and who the real threats are, and who the real enemy is. Um, there's just human beings. There's people in in Canada. We're Canadians. We have different opinions on different things. We come from different backgrounds. We have different lives. We have different pressures around us. We have we we're all operating in very different kinds of circumstances, and um, and then yeah, we're all getting different kinds of information. And you're only as good as your information. And and so anybody that can see it, at one point I was asleep and then something woke me up, right? Think about you watching right now. What was it that woke you up? Who are we to judge? You know? Yeah, it gets frustrating because mass formation psychosis is a thing. Crowd consciousness, whatever, social hysteria, whatever you want to call it, is a thing. And we're witnessing it happen. We're seeing it happen. And those of us who can see the forest from the trees, yeah, you're suffering a lot of abuse. You're suffering a lot with that, I'm sure. Losing jobs, all these points that he brought up. Um, He brought up, you know, a lot of people didn't get to have funerals and all that. I didn't get to have a funeral for my mother when she passed away because of all these lockdown mandates and so many other people I know. And, you know, I could have made that judgment call for myself. I could have assessed the risk and said, hey, I'm not afraid of this flu. So. I'm going to go and have a remembrance ceremony for my, my loved one, right? Like, and so many other people got denied that the division amongst families, the whole thing. And so to see this gives me a lot of hope because we're going to see more of it. I'm already seeing more of it. I've already had a lot of friends of mine that were previously against me on this that are now coming in and they're open and they're, they're going to the sources that I'm sending them. You know, cause I'm always like, don't just listen to me. Who am I? Here's, I just collect this information. So look at it for yourself and then make up your own mind. Right. And people want that. People are sick of being talked down to and gaslit by the media. So now they're going to alternative forms of media. People are even taking it to the next step and they're becoming the media. There are people I know right now that are working on starting media companies in Canada, people that are working on lawsuits, people that are coming from every industry, people coming from within the government, within the police, the military, the health profession. We got lots of scientists and doctors coming out and and admitting they were wrong. Um, And that's just gonna continue. So for those of you who have been holding the torch of logic and reason and sanity um, for this entire time, or at least a significant amount of time, it's now up to us to have the empathy and compassion to bring people in that are willing to say, all right, I was deceived. I want to know what's really going on. And we've got to be able to start with the basics and help bring people up to speed. So I just wanted to play that clip and, um, yeah, that it's going viral. I'm glad it is. It was so genuine. And I think we're going to get a lot more. So, you know, (laughs) but we have to deal with this political situation and The deepest parts of me would say there is no political solution. The solution is contained inside of you. Freedom is an inside job. Health is an inside job. But we are stuck on this planet together, aren't we? So there is a political component. And obviously, if we have a tyrannical regime in power that is willing to breach national and international law to bring their agenda in whether they're following orders or not we got to do something about that because if we don't they're just going to keep going like if trudeau stays in and the liberals stay in that's it's just going to get worse right so i can understand now where everybody's trying to find a way out all those protests and all those steps that i was speaking about before including the trucker convoy to a lot of canadians looks like it failed because it happened and it didn't give a direct result of, well, it equated to the fall of the Canadian cabal. It didn't happen. Or the at the very bare minimum, it didn't end this draconian health technocratic nightmare in Canada. So people equated it right away to a failure and now they're leaping into the next option. And I don't blame anybody, I get it. And so this is the conversation. I'll break it down really quickly. And I'd love to hear from some fellow Canadians in the chat because I I do want to know what you guys think. Um, Right now, we know there's going to be a federal election coming up. It's probably going to come up pretty quick. Now that we have Pierre as the head of the Conservative Party, we've just seen, regardless, we're going to get to some of the pros and cons about Pierre and all that. But we've seen, I'm tracking the sentiment of Canadians. And I'm seeing everybody kind of before Pierre was running for head of the Conservative Party. A lot of Canadians were backing the PPC party because they were thinking it's literally the only guy. Maxime Bernie is the only guy politically at the federal level that could do anything because of just how hard and how consistent he's been on his policies, which are staunchly anti globalist, Canada first, conservative values. Support the farmers, uh, end the mandates, medical free, you know, go, let's go back to the original charter, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that spoke to a lot of Canadians. However, that was considered another failure in Canada. you know, and I talk to the average person now, it's hard to get them to see the positives in all of these things because they just look at it as a failure because the time is running out of the clock. you know what I mean? Like if we were in a five round fight, We're at like 30 seconds to the end of the fifth round before the winner is going to be declared and it's going to be too late to go back. Is it freedom or tyranny? Is it great awakening, great reset? What's, you know, so people are very extreme in their thinking, right? So how do you move a country to make a choice that can actually benefit the country and just even if it doesn't fix everything, how do we get back on track towards fixing things? So people kind of went, well, Maxime didn't even win a seat, not even a single seat at the federal level. Now, was that because of a bad campaign? I don't necessarily think so. He had a great campaign, especially on the local level. Um, was it because there was, he was at war with the mainstream media and the entire Ottawa establishment? Yes, obviously. Is it rigged and is it unfair? Yes, obviously. Okay. There's no way in hell in the Canadian swamp on either side of the aisle would allow somebody like a renegade like Maxime to get in anywhere. So they've clearly got the orders from the top. Don't even let this guy see the light of day. They didn't even have him at the debates. You just saw how he was treated the entire time. Okay. But it sucks because someone like me, I look at someone like Max, and even though there might even be some questions about him, it's very few compared to the amount of questions about Pierre compared to the amount of questions about some of these other people. So you are, you for you know, before Pierre came in, it was either you're going Maxime in the PPC party, which is a party literally built by average Canadians, or you're an anarchist now. And we're just either going to flee the country, which a lot of Canadians already did, or we're going to have to stand and fight or whatever people think the other alternative might be. And, um, But now we got Pierre. Pierre has been an interesting character, even for me. And I'm still, I was talking to my wife before the show, and I'm like, I'm still back and forth on this. And I've been back and forth on this for like two years, okay? Which is why I haven't talked tons about it. Um, I've spoken to a lot of my friends. Some of them are like, no, you got to stick with the PPC. No, you got to go to the conservatives. I think we got to vote for both. I think if we're going to do a voting strategy here on a political level, Um, that's the, I I don't know where else to be, but let's go through some pros and cons. The pros about Pierre is that he's got the eloquence. Um, he's got a bit of charisma, you know, nothing crazy, but enough. Um, he can speak English perfectly. I think that was unfortunately one of the downsides with max, not that I'm saying it's a downside, but I'm talking about optics for the public. Okay. Optics for the Canadian public. There's a big war with Quebec and the rest of Canada. And again, this isn't my opinion. This isn't how I feel. I love Quebecers. I love all of Canadians. I love this country and I don't have any of those. I don't care if you love freedom you're on my side, you're on my team. Okay. But, um, just talking political optics, right someone like Maxime, very very thick French accent isn't going to resonate as much with he's not his message won't get carried as far and he would need a massive media campaign in order to penetrate you know into the public mind of Canadians okay although he did a fantastic job and I think his influence went really really far and it's just beginning. it's a brand new party you got to give the PPC some time. But again, we're 30 30 seconds to the end of the fifth round. And if we don't do something very, very, very soon to turn this ship around, Canada, as we knew it at any point in time, is over. And it's going to be virtually impossible to save it because they're bringing tons of new immigration into the country. And I'm not against immigration, but it's just they're pouring in and people that are coming in don't have the history or really the care of all Canadian politics the way people been born and raised might have. And so they're easily swayed by the media, like the media comes on and they just, you know, it's easy. Although we do have a great contingent of people who have immigrated that are here warning us. So it's it's not just one way on that point either. I must say I've met a lot of people that have immigrated from other countries that are sitting there going, you guys put up with this shit here? And so they, they're actually helping to educate a lot of Canadians who've been stuck in the apathetic, uh, you know, I don't care about politics in the media mindset. So yeah, pros and cons there too. But it's just such a crazy situation that you zoom out and you go, well, if we all vote, I mean, if we could get a big movement to vote for Max and maybe win him a couple seats that could buy us what, like, so what, let's say he wins two seats, three seats. What is that going to do? It's going to do nothing. It, it will take us 10, 20 years the way I see it. And I should maybe bring Max on or somebody to, to really talk about this. But if, even if, even if someone gave me a really good argument that if we got, if we all voted for Maxime and the PPC, we could give it, we could buy them five years or something to make what to go up and have b- different arguments in parliament that most of they're going to get kiboshed by the the big parties anyways. So then you go, all right, well, could we get someone in the Conservative Party, which is one of the big parties, to actually take on the Liberals? Because that's our immediate concern, right? And there you have Pierre. So I'm just showing you that's that's where most Canadians are going and you can tell by how many people showed up to vote this guy in. Nobody's been voted in like this on the Conservative level with that kind of a margin of victory ever. Like you can tell, a lot of people just went, screw it, I'm voting for Pierre. We've got no choice. It's DEFCON 5. I don't know if I can trust him on everything. He's wishy-washy on some things. He's excellent on other things. And he's kind of, yeah, untrustworthy on other things that a lot of people think. But they're still like, hey, lesser two evils. So I understand that. I also understand the hardcores. Um, Actually, this is a good time for me to bring this in like Mark Friesen and other people like that uh, for saying, I'll never vote for the conservative party ever again in my life. The grievances have been too big. We can't trust these people. They're in with the globalists. Like I understand that sentiment as well. That's why I'm kind of of two minds. So, but let's hear Mark Friesen out because I want to give you both sides. All right. So let's just listen to this real quick. Let's see what he's got to say.
3: Pierre Polivare. This is going to be the last thing I say about Pierre uh, because I gotta, I'm got in another campaign where I'm going to have to shit talk the other pretend conservatives in this ass party. Um, listen, I know you guys are excited. I know I'm raining on your parade. Uh, you're Pierre Poliver leader of the conservative party parade. But as I've stated before and I'll state again. I will never support the Conservative Party of Canada, ever, regardless of who's leading it. I can't. The reason I can't is because that party is responsible for the sustainable development agenda. Mulroney, Conservative Party Prime Minister, signed it in 92. Harper and his government made it law in 2008 compelling our governments to report our progress in achieving the goals of sustainable development to an unelected, unaccountable foreign entity in the way of the UN. Then he signed it again in 2015, a month before Trudeau was elected. The reason you hate Trudeau as much as you do is because of that agenda. Because everything that he has brought in, as far as policy, as far as law, as far to, as order, orders and council, is because of that agenda that Harper signed on September 27, 2015. That's why you hate Trudeau, because of what he's doing, his commitment to that agenda. And the Conservative Party's responsible for it. An agenda that Pierre Poilievre will not even acknowledge He won't acknowledge it because he knows his party's responsible for it. And it's the root of all our problems in this country. Why on God's green earth would I support a party responsible for that? The destruction of our nation. Why would I support that ever? Regardless of who's leading it. The end.
0: Hey, good points good points. And he's correct on those, on those details. The conservative government of this country has done a lot of damage. And a lot of the people that were saying, Oh, if only we could have someone like Stephen Harper back. Well, yeah. Canada during the time of Stephen Harper was night and day from Canada as it is under this liberal administration. That's for sure. But you have to remember that this is a long game. And there were incremental steps that took place that were brought in bit by bit by different candidates, going back to Brian Mulroney and um, Christian and all these guys. And then Harper gets in conservative leader. Right. And there's been incremental steps that have been brought in to open up the door to totally infiltrate and hijack this country, which is what I think happened is that it was a slow march through the Canadian institutions to take over just as they did in all these other countries because you wouldn't be able to just get everybody to jump into a great reset, world government, world parliament, whatever the UN's calling it, without getting your people in these key positions. And you would have to play both sides of the game. So we know this, we know this, right? And if you live in America, you know this, Republican, Democrat, different flavors of Gatorade, same thing here, same thing in the UK. Right. Look, here's, here we go. Boris Johnson. Need I say more allegedly conservative comes in globalist shill right in Ontario, Canada, Doug Ford. Conservative. One of the biggest COVID Nazis of this entire era. Okay. He's going to have his picture on the wall when this is done. Um, so we can't. And then Stephen Harper, Bilderberger attendee admitted he was actually the first Canadian politician that I know of that coined the phrase, and he spoke about it as a positive thing: that this is what we need to move towards, is a new form of global governance. And he used that word because I guess it sounded a little softer than government. Just if you say governance instead of government, it must be a different thing. And I also know a few, a little bit of insider baseball and Stephen Harper that I'm not allowed to talk about on the air, and some of these other people in the Conservative Party. And so the Conservative Party has been infiltrated top to bottom. It's like we've said before, oftentimes <laughs> you get Mason one or Mason two. Doesn't matter. Who are you getting? And when he's talking about how the the policy, the actual policies, little bits at a time, a lot of people didn't notice it at the time. But it was little policies that actually paved the way for a Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau didn't just come in and totally dismantle the entire country from top to bottom, inside and out, and then build this new Canadian order. It was a ball handed to him by the Conservative Party. So, regardless of your decision out there, and I respect your decision if you're still if you if you're one of the people that think. We have no choice. We have to go with Pierre. He's the only guy that's going to be able to oust Trudeau. You're right about that. Like, in terms of he's the only guy that could get Trudeau out of the way. But don't forget, keeping an, And I don't, I'm not saying I've got smoking gun evidence that this is what's going to happen. We don't really know, do we? I mean, we're going to have to see. A lot of indications are showing that, yeah, Pierre Polyev is probably the next prime minister of Canada, especially after that landslide. And the sentiment of Canada is, we have to do this or otherwise it's like we all either all pack up and leave or it's revolution or something like that's where people are at there's nowhere else to go we're kind of cornered but do not forget the history of the party that you're now going to start giving money to because you're not just giving money to Pierre Polyev you're giving money to the conservative party you're giving a vote to the conservative party they might have their guy up front but let's say let's go with the the slate that Pierre Polyev is everything he says he is, he's well-meaning, he's a legit Canadian patriot. Um, He's going to come in and do all the things that he's been promising and more. He's going to even correct course on other issues as he matures and as he sees, you know, the way the Canadian people feel about that. Because remember, these guys aren't supposed to be dictators. They're literally supposed to be there doing what you, the Canadian people, want. But let's say he's, he's, he's great, but he's surrounded by a swamp. Because he is. He is. Do you think someone like Pierre has the spine to withstand the amount of attacks and backstabbing and getting cut down by the media and personal attacks, who knows where it could go, that is going to come his way if he comes in and really starts making major waves? like he might come in and appease us on a few issues. Like I he has to come in and end the mandates and destroy ArriveCan. Like he has to do that, okay? It, Canada will nail him to the fence if he doesn't do that. Like he has to do that, okay? So I think a lot of people are like I'll vote for him just to achieve that step. Like that's one step backwards from this communist dictatorship that's being set up right now in Canada. So I'll do I'll go for him just on that. That's where people are at. We're in a desperate mode, but in our desperate mode, we can't, I'm not saying this is a fact, but you can't take it off the table that these people, wherever the level Pierre himself might be in on the hierarchy of this, but the people that are trying to literally take over the world right now and end sovereign nations and create a big monoculture, a hive and bring in the new technocracy. They know how to put their guys in, and they also know how to not necessarily put people in that know they're being put in. They know how to allow things to take place on the chessboard so that the door opens so that you get a candidate coming in like a Pierre or somebody else who is just a, a naive baby deer in the headlights and it's just like, I'm going to come and change the country. I'm going to come and make lots of changes. And they're like, yeah, come on in. And then you get in and you find out you don't really have any power and there's only so much you can do. Your hands are tied. You probably get the backdoor meeting somewhere in a dark, smoky room where some people sit down and they go, hey, here, here's what's really going on. Here's the people that really own this country. Here's the people that really run the show. Um, you know, And so you're. this is what you have to do or otherwise they compromise them, they threaten them, they blackmail them. You know how it goes. It may have already happened, we don't know, or maybe it is yet to happen. But either way, that's how the political game is. It's a dirty racket run by mafias. And now we're not, this is the other level of this that we have to consider. We're not just dealing with a bunch of corrupt Canadian politicians now, are we? I mean, if we, this is how a lot of Canadians think still, and this is what we need to snap people's head out of. This is not just a Canadian situation this election. This is a global situation. There's global players involved, each with their own interests. And you think little Canada is going to resist that pressure coming from the vanguards and black rocks of the world and the big pharmaceutical industries that pay off all your politicians and your health advisors? Clearly, somebody did. We've got China. We've got Russia. We've got deep state US. We've got... The globalists in Davos. We've got the Club of Rome and gang. We've got old nobility families fighting it out. We've got a new king, which we're gonna get to. And don't forget, Canada's a yeah. I'll get to that. Canada's a British colony. Man, when you say when you zoom out of the big picture, do you think any one of these little ministers? That's what you are as the leader of Canada. You are the Prime Minister. That you're supposed, people think you're there ministering on behalf of the people, but you're there ministering on behalf of the crown and gown, the people that own the debt of your country. Our country is in debt, and Pierre actually is one of the guys that pointed that out to Canadians in a way that I don't think Canadians had ever heard before. So hats off to him for that. That's what I liked about him was he was the one taking Trudeau on directly in Parliament in the debates. And would just slaughter him with facts. So I loved them for that. I was like, oh, good. Finally, there's somebody that can speak eloquently, knows what he's talking about, sharp as a tack, sharp on the economy, and can take these sophist arguments that are all prescripted that people like Trudeau and Freeland use, and he can just slap them back and forth a hundred times and they're down and out. And Canada can watch it and people can go, right, right. We didn't think about that. There is a better way. We don't have to be in $1.5 trillion of deficit. So, but, but can't take your eye off the bigger board. So maybe I'm just put it out there, guy. I got to put all my thought process out. I'm sorry if I'm jumping around here. Um, because this is really hard. This is hard for me to talk about. I'm talking about the future of my country, the country that I'm trying to build a home in and build a home for my children. And I don't want to have to leave my country. I don't, I'm not a person that tucks and runs. I don't want to do that. I love my country. I was born and bred here, my family, you know. So I, we're, we're all, all of us, this is the, we're vulnerable because we're hoping for something to happen. And that can be taken advantage of. Got to keep that out there. Okay, and and we do have to realize it's not just a Canadian game anymore. These guys are globalists; they're internationalists. This is they're trying to erase that. Do you think someone like a Canadian politician can stop the tides of history that's being manipulated from players that are outside of your universe here? Metaphorically speaking, I think maybe. Um, and so. There's that. But I also don't think we should be pessimistic to the point of going, well, then what do we, it's hopeless then. Maxime can't get in. He's, there's no way he's going to get in as the prime minister. Pierre's the only guy that's got a shot. And if we don't put somebody in, we're stuck with Trudeau. (laughs) That's a shit sandwich right there. So thank you, Mark, for that warning. I appreciate it. I hear you. One idea I was thinking of, well, what if we go with let's just risk it and go with Pierre for federal because we just got to squeeze this Trudeau turd out. And then he's going to have to have, I'd say at least a year of let's say he's a WEF plant. Okay. Or he's going to be manipulated and, and, and and he's going to get compromised down the road. So let's say he's got at least a year to appease Canadians. Getting a Pierre in would at least buy us some time on certain things. And it would at least start, hopefully, to turn the economy around if he does even a fraction of what he's talking about. Because I think Pierre would be good on the economy. Okay, He's clearly naive on the big geopolitical level, so I'm kind of concerned about that. But, hey, (laughs) you take the lemons that you're given. Uh, so this was the idea. So you get Pierre in on the federal because we have an emergency situation. We got to stop the bleeding or we're gonna bleed to death. And then we get PPC and all up and down on the local level because PPC candidates can can get in. And other there's other parties too. Canada I don't know if it's called what the names that are. I might try to reach out to some of these other parties. They're starting other parties now because um, people are everybody's starting something right now because they're just people are like what are we we're gonna do something. So that's a good sign. Um, So we'd get the local level, local townships, mayor's offices, local media, and you get people there, whether it's PPC or just you and your grandma. It doesn't matter. Canadians need to mobilize and get involved. That's the key. We got to stop sitting back and thinking, regardless, that any of these politicians are just going to come in and solve all the problems. doesn't matter what party it is. They're not. We're just trying to avoid a complete destruction of our country and our freedom, all right? So you've got to do something on the federal level and you've got to do something on the local level. I personally think, this is my thinking as I'm talking to you right now, the local level is the best place to focus all of our attention. But that doesn't mean we ignore the federal level because that's also important, okay? Because we can't, we just, we, we literally just cannot suffer this fool up there anymore and the people around him. Now, the other thing is, you get rid of Trudeau, which I think even the globalist guys that are paying him and put him in place know the sentiment in Canada is he's finished. So it could be that they did a, a chess move and they said, all right. Some people would argue that Pierre was a natural progression, that there wasn't any kind of movement behind him. He just, you know, got popular and then decided to run. Let's just say it's all the, it wasn't a big drama that was scripted, that it was all organic. And that the globalist move was to put in someone like a Jean Charest to try to chop down Trudeau and see if he could uh, take over the helm of the conservatives. And then they would have captured both opportunities and they would have saved themselves. Right. But I guess I just feel like that's just a little too easy to spot. I I don't know. What do you think? Like, I feel like these people are smart. A smarter angle, if there was any kind of conspiratorial action happening here, would have been to prop up somebody like a Pierre Poliev, whether he knew it or not, okay, could leave that aside, and get him through the back door to win Canada's trust, because they had to do something. The, the trucker convoy terrified them. They were like, and they know what I'm saying is true, that if we did it again, it'd be five times or more the numbers, okay? So they know it. They know people are waking up to the COVID scam. They know people are waking up to all these different scams. So they're like, they are feeling like they're in a DEF situation. So they go, well, we need somebody that would be popular amongst Canadians to hold them off until we can hit 2030. Because we still, too many wheels are in motion. We're also at war with other rogue elements popping up in all these other countries that are people, other countries are resisting us as well. So we've got to find a way to appease everybody. So we need to swap out our candidate and put another guy in that we know at least down the road, maybe not right away, down the road, we can get control of this guy. Or we can get him out in another way. But we just need, we need to defuse the situation. A Pierre Polyev, I got to say it, would have been a smarter choice. That route would have been a smarter choice, and that could still be a, that that could still have been planned, and that could still be achieved, whether Pierre himself knows it, is a part of it, is read in on it or not. They look for a vulnerable candidate, and there are many points of vulnerability that they can analyze. I'm just saying that we just got to be aware that that could be a factor that we have to watch out for. Now, saying that doesn't mean. We can't play the game, too. See, because just remember, in the end, all these big globalist institutions and all that, they're all made up of people. And it's a smaller number of people than the people in all the different countries. So most people were put to sleep over decades and generations. And everybody kind of got raised in the environment that politics and finance and economy and geopolitics and all that is just boring It's all just, I don't care. So people stopped playing the game. And then it was an easier takeover by these people. If we started playing the game again, all of us around the world simultaneously and started in our local areas, um, we could still sway things. So don't feel like you're out of the the game no matter what happens here. Okay. We're, We're always in the fight. Always. Unless you quit. If you quit, then you're not in the fight. But don't quit and we're good. And a lot of people are stepping up now. So, oh, hold on. There we go. So, you have, what I'm saying is you could also, let's say we get Pierre in and he buys us some time on the national level. What would we do during that time? Would a lot of Canadians just go back to sleep? Sadly, I think that's the case. But what if we expected that? I'm talking about us people, real patriots. We love our country. We're trying to save our country. We don't want any violence. We don't want any civil wars. We don't want any of this stuff. We don't want division. We don't believe what Justin Trudeau believes that sometimes bringing people together just doesn't line up with the science. We don't believe that. We're the freedom fighters, okay? Um, If we have to expect some of these things. So let's say Pierre gets in, We sh- We. I still think we need people voting for the PPC because it'd be nice to get them some seats. That would be good. So to those people out there that are still fighting with their fellow conservatives over Pierre or Max, stop fighting. Those people are voting for Pierre. You're voting for Maxime. Don't keep fighting with your fellow Canadians. You probably all agree on at least the central issues maybe you both need to vote for your candidates on the federal level so that yeah pierre looks like he's just going to blow the doors off justin trudeau that's what it looks like okay if there was an election and there was no rigging pierre's blowing the doors off trudeau cuz canada's going to get behind him overwhelmed. they could even rig it and i think it would be overwhelming that's what it looks like maybe i'm wrong i don't know but looks like that um so but you also would it would also be good to get ppc sitting at the table Because that's how it works. You get the candidates in so that they're part of the discussion. So they don't have any seats at all right now. So there's a long way to go. But what if we got them a few seats? And you got Pierre in. Now you've got that PPC voice at the federal level. But then more importantly, there's might be a few conservative exceptions. Like Leslin Lewis has some good points. Roman Baber has some good points. Like I think there are some good conservatives. I mean, they're not perfect, but they're better. Right. And you know but ultimately there's also a lot of really really good ppc candidates on the local level so on a political strategy you could kind of hit a few different targets and not go to war with people that are actually on your side <laughs> like when it comes to all the points that matter maybe that's just me thinking of a perfect world but um that's kind of where i'm at with that now did did anybody see now I have to show a, a little clip here. Well, let me do the let me do a bit from Pierre about sort of a rebuttal to the people that would say he's automatically just a wEF plant, okay? This is what he's saying. We can believe him, not believe him, but this is what this is what Pierre is saying. He tweeted this. When did he tweet this? He tweeted this in May of this year, okay? So let's just hear from Pierre because he has obviously been getting this question at literally every stop he's been at in Canada during his campaign, and so he finally answered it with about people's concern about the World Economic Forum. So let's uh, let's see what he's saying on that.
4: And that is why I've made it clear that my ministers and my government will be banned from participating in the World Economic Forum when I'm in <laughs> for Canada. If you want to go to Davos to the con- that con- that uh, conference, make it a one-way ticket. But uh, you can't be part of our government and working for a policy agenda that is against the interests of our people.
0: Now, uh, that is music to my ears. You know, wasn't that music to yours if you're a Canadian? Like, aside from all the people that are going to scream in the comments, I see some of you there now, which is fine. Go at it that are like, no, he's lying. He's lying. It's all politics. All right. Maybe, but the rhetoric, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear a candidate. Nobody's really, well, the only other guy was uh, like Maxime Bernier is like, you should follow his Twitter. The guy, his Twitter is almost like my Twitter sometimes. (laughs) Like he's just like, he's calling all the globalists out. He's talking about all this stuff. Um, But to hear a, A politician in Canada and the Conservative Party that just won the leadership of the Conservative Party, even mentioning this and then going to the next level saying, nobody in my cabinet will be permitted to be involved with the World Economic Forum and basically saying, if you go to that conference, just get a one way ticket, you should be serving Canada. So he's talking about a Canada first agenda was he super bold and out there the way Maxime was about it? No, but maybe that's why he's winning across the board amongst Canadians because, and maybe we don't even know all of Pierre's true feelings about a lot of these issues. Maybe he's because a lot of the critiques people have is Pierre only came out and did basically like a couple photo ops with the truckers, but he did do a video supporting the truckers. Whereas none of the other conservatives, number of the other conservatives did. So he did do that, but a lot of people were thinking, including myself, were critical of the fact that, you know, here you got Maxime practically strapped to the front of a truck that says mandate freedom. And then Pierre comes out and does a nice little polite, hey, we should uh, not be so hard on these truckers. They just want their freedom. They're not Nazis. Um, And so he took a softer approach and people will criticize him for that because they feel very passionate about it, which I do as well. But then you got to think of, well, well, then why didn't Maxime win any seats? is it purely rigged or was a softer approach to Canadians who aren't used to this kind of realpolitik? politic? Um, was it a better strategy to gain the favor of a lot of people that were in the middle, maybe, which is what we need in order to be able in order for Canada to be able to overcome the Ontario, we call it the Ontario black hole because basically all of Western Canada doesn't matter if you vote hundred percent any party. By the time Ontario starts to vote, because Ontario is just so massive, uh, they could sweep it away. And that's actually how Trudeau won last time. Was he? I think eighty percent of Canadians voted against him. They just voted for all these little rinky-dink parties, and then Ontario came in and won it a minority government. So in order to overcome that, you on a political level, you can't be a hardcore Uh, you know, the globalists are coming to depopulate the planet and kill You can't do that, right? There's optics. So that's, that's my pro and con on that is that I personally favor somebody that's just going to come right out and say it straight. He's not afraid of anybody, but unfortunately in Canadian politics, you just don't get anywhere. So do you want somebody to succeed that can actually get in and beat this guy once and for all, or, are we just going to keep going with what we think it should be in this idealistic world that sadly doesn't exist? So there's that pro and con, right? Um, But then I think back to some of Mark's comments about just the party in general, you might like Pierre, but look at the history of the party. And, you know, so we're just trying to weigh it out. And I'm basically thinking this through with you guys today. Um. PBC, Maxime is cool. Completely agree. Well said. Just going through some comments. How are we doing on the foxhole? A lot of my friends, my U.S. friends over here. Could you imagine what Canada is going to look like after Trudeau's term ends in three years? Yeah, exactly. Like his term actually ends in three years. (laughs) Three more years of this guy? I'm sure you're feeling the same in America with sleepy, sleepy pedo Joe or anywhere like we can't survive. We we can't survive with these globalist candidates. We can't, our country won't survive. So you got to do something. And then the, to the people that just sit back and go, I'm not even voting. I respect you too for now. If you don't want to play the game, I get it. Uh, I didn't vote for many, many, many years at all. Cause there's like literally no hope at all, but What's the other solution? You're outnumbered in your own country. You're you you're being forced. To, look what the pandemic proved to us. We're being forced against our will to do things we don't want to do, and it comes from the top, right? So the only other option is some kind of revolution, right? Which is not what I'm advocating for because I don't think we're there. And I don't think it would even be effective. And I don't think it would even work. And that's not what we want that's not how we want to win this. I honestly don't even think it's feasible, but let me know what you think about that. But I, I just don't think so. We're all trying to find a way to fix this problem as peacefully and as painlessly as pro- possible. And so, what are the other alternatives now? You know, I don't know. Everybody's got their opinion, I guess. Um, what's the next clip I got here? Let me go back to some of my clips. Let's keep this conversation going. So. Uh, which one was this? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about this Prince Charles. Cause this, here's a concern that I have from Pierre's opening speech or his, uh, his, his elected speech. He got elected here. So let's, let's take a few minutes of this. We'll go through it a bit. And then I got some comments on it because I, I watched it yesterday and there was a few things that I was like, oh my God, what? But I've been thinking deeply about it. Let's go through it here. My et
4: Ladies and gentlemen, des résultats, I have some results. I
1: have results.
4: <laughs> it's my great privilege to announce the results. Nous avons un nouveau chef. We have, we a, have new a new leader. Music. The next Prime Minister of Canada, Premier Canada the Premier Prochain, Premier Minister Pierre of Canada, the Honorable Pierre Polievre and Anna Polievre.
0: So that's just been announcing. I'm going to and go to. Uh Enjoy An Black engine. Diamond Combo, and a nutritious snack. <laughs> this trick to get oh, gas on. for a penny is Hold on. I'm gonna mute the commercial. Sorry, guys. I had it loaded, but I don't I am not buying YouTube premium. You guys can screw off. I'm not paying you any money. Okay. Sorry about that. Here we go. Merci
4: Thank you, Anita. I love you. I begin on behalf of everyone here, expressing my sorrow at the passing of our beloved Queen. Two tiny words, the Queen. Yet on every continent, those two words conjure up more than a picture. They also express an idea, the idea of decency and duty. Elizabeth II, though she might have recoiled at the thought, was the world's most famous woman. Yet she was our queen, our sovereign, for almost half of our nation's existence. In her 22 visits here, yes, indeed, in her 22 visits here and her dealings with 13 prime ministers, she exhibited the virtues we most cherish. Dignity, civility, humility, candor, and, above all else, service. That's why her death, though not unexpected, is nonetheless shocking. We felt we knew her. We felt that her strengths were ours, the strengths of a country which, by good fortune and God's grace, we call home. And that, perhaps, is why I feel a small catch in my throat when I utter the words that no leader has stated in this country for over seven decades, God save the King.
0: Okay. Um, let me just come back for this. That was my cringe moment of the speech and it's the beginning of the speech. People are like, you gotta watch the speech of Pierre. If this doesn't convince you, then nothing will. I'm like, not a good opener. Um, (laughs) But you would have had to go and check out the show I just recently did with my friend Josh Reed at the Red Pill Project on the occult history of the royals. We got into the history of the queen and the family and the lines and all that. Uh, There's a whole other story to be told. Um, And I just, (laughs) and then God Save the king. Are we talking about Prince Charles? I mean, but, okay, we'll get to Prince Charles, King Charles, whatever he is. Um, One thing that I'm thinking here is you got to remember that this is Canada. Canada loves the royal family. That's just the way it is. I'm talking about as a country. It's, I mean, we are a British colony. Canada is one of the Queen's lands. My grandma, she served in World War II as a seamstress for the Air Force. And she loves the queen. If she ever heard me talking crap about the queen, she would hang me. <laughs> it's just the way people were raised. It's the way they look at it. Um, the the picture that was painted of, of the queen and the royal family for the longest time, and we're talking about people that pretty much get 100%, especially the queen, 100% positive news coverage for like her whole time in public, the public eye. And so people are raised with that sentiment. And, um, so Pierre's obviously going to have to say something like this because the queen just recently passed. So you could say, all right, maybe Pierre doesn't really have all of the facts of history on the table. Maybe this is all just political, um, as many politicians did, but everybody came, even Maxime Bernier came out and tweeted some positive stuff about the queen and about the royals and all that. So, you know, they all kind of do it because this is politics and they're speaking to the people in their parties. They're speaking to the Canadian people. They're speaking to the media. Optics are important. I get it. Uh, But for me, (laughs) I mean, if you're saying you're detaching yourself from the World Economic Forum, why start the speech with God save the king? I don't, uh, (laughs) I just don't get it because... Of course, we have to contend with the fact that the person that he's talking about, and maybe I'm taking what he said out of context, uh, because maybe he was just saying what he had to say on the mic, but this is on the World Economic Forum website, and uh, here is the future king.
5: response that we've received from around the world, inspired by the Great Reset's call to action. And this is why I called for a Marshall-like plan for nature, people, and planet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is so funny. I wonder if there's more from Charles here. Yeah, they just used him in the video. It wasn't featured around him. Uh, There was also the little bit from where, there, let's do this one. Just trying to get you acquainted with the new king here.
5: even the governments of the world's leaders it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition so oh, blessed but my plea today is for countries to come together
0: countries come together to create the environment it's all about the green agenda he go. he's part of the davos clique he's there i mean th- There's a whole history we could do just on this. We've got issues with the royal family. we got Prince Andrew to talk about. We can't really forget about that. We can't really forget about that while we're having this very conversation and the media is talking about uh, all their favorite talking points. Not a single investigation has been done publicly uh, with indictments and questioning and hearing and FBI raids and all of that on anybody that was associated with Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, including some of these royal members of the royal family. We know they had connections to people like Jimmy Seville and many others. So there's a lot of questions surrounding the royals um, for more reasons than just a crazy history that I already went through in that other podcast. Um, And so for Canadian politicians, it's like almost mandatory for them to come out and talk about the royals in this way, because in the end, they are ministering on behalf of the crown. And they were all raised, all these people were raised to look at the royal families as being benevolent. So does this fully indict someone like Pierre? I guess it depends how you take it. If you go all the way and you take it to the extreme, you could say, well, the fact that he's even playing to these people, because I would never, uh, means that he's in on it. He's a part of it, right? But then we'd have to, like everybody would have to go, right? And maybe they should, I don't know. But just wanted to point that out, you know, opening up the speech. And then the rest of the speech was actually pretty good. I'm not going to play it here he talks a lot about the economy. He issues a challenge to Justin Trudeau. He starts actually getting into Canadian politics. So maybe he's just doing the polite thing. You know, uh, as much as people hate it, optics are important. They really are. So you can't always take what people say uh, from either side, the good guys or the bad guys. You can't just take what people say. You got to look at what they do. And so that's why we're all curious. Okay, what would someone like Pierre actually do? It can't be worse than Trudeau. So We're kind of already at the bottom of the barrel Um, and then you go well maybe if we could stop this incredible inflationary spending in our economy if we could if he's out there talking against the wef we're gonna have to hold them to account because if he's saying nobody's a part of it on my cabinet i don't want to be a part of it i want to put canadians first i want to end all these mandates which are coming down from these globalist institutions um We know they're trying to do a controlled demolition of the old economic system to bring in the Great Reset and the digital currency. He's spoken on some of these issues, and he seems to be not wanting to go along with that. But then again, that's all words. What words is he going to support? Is he going to back the support of the globalists, the green agenda, the UN, the climate stuff? Is he going to continue the process of going after the farmers in Canada, or is he going to put an end to it? Is he going to keep this arrive can garbage going on in the country and the mandates and the vaccine and everything else? I mean, he did initially support the vaccine. He hasn't really spoken a lot about it, although I get the feeling that he's against the mandate, which I think a lot of conservative leaders that are getting voted in. There was another big victory, I think, in Sweden or one of those somewhere in Europe uh, where it's the same people are trying to get these more populist guys in. You know, you got to take the good with the bad. And you kind of think, all right, well, let's just try to stop the bleeding, get them in on the issues that will help give us some time. And then we can work on those other things. Um, You know, again, no matter how we slice it, I say we got to go to the local level. And then to the individual level, I mean, if I were to sit here on a more philosophical note and say, what's the solution to all this criminality and tyranny, it's we got to stop falling for lies and we got to stop giving our power away to these people. That's how we got here. The very fact that we, so many people give their power away to these people and and put all their hopes and dreams on them is itself a problem. As an individual, if you want to truly live in a free country, you have to have the ability You have to have the knowledge and the ability to live as a free, sovereign being, regardless of what's going on in the world. That would be more the philosophical message here is you lead you. You don't need these people to lead you, but that's only going to go so far if it comes down to. Are they going to build concentration camps and lock up anybody that doesn't agree with them? Are they going to start the, censoring the Internet to the point where it's like some other countries where you get arrested for Facebook posts? I mean, it's already starting. People are getting fined for this stuff. They've got legislative speech going on already in Ottawa. You know, Are they going to mandate more of these jabs on people? Are they going to keep rolling lockdowns going? Are they going to now move to the climate stuff? would you know and so when you get there it's out of your personal individual control and then if they start going after your fertilizer with your farmers and they start taxing the hell out of anybody uh that resists them or just shuts those people down you're only left with the people that are working against you and then it's not very far off before history repeats itself and we have we don't have enough food going around. We don't have enough energy. Look what they're doing in Europe for this winter. They're talking about basically taxing people's energy. You know, you can only use a certain amount of heat. You can only use a certain amount of cool. You can only use a certain amount of this. You can only run this much hot water. You can only, like they're getting to a point of micromanaging everything. And that's, that's the global agenda. And so it's just a matter of what country you live in at what time. And how far down the agenda your country is at the moment. But eventually, the goal is that everybody gets pushed to the same point and it's all centrally controlled. So, how do you stop that as just one person? Because a free person by yourself wouldn't survive, right? Unless, of course, you know how to survive and you, you somehow. Become Jason Bourne, and you know how to not get tracked and traced by all the technology they're putting up in the satellites and the surveillance grid and the whole thing. You know that 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 pipe dream can only go so far. So then you're back in the position of going, all right, we got to try to do something politically here, so that it's there's even a fighting chance. And then to the people that think, well, screw it, Canada's finished. Look at the, what you're bringing out here. It's a really complicated situation. Let's just leave the country. Well, where are you going to go? You go to some country that has some of the points that you like that you didn't like with the country you left, but then you find out they've got their monkey to deal with. They got their issue to deal with. And then if this plague of totalitarianism is creeping around the entire planet, and that's the entire goal, which we're seeing that unfold, where are you really going to go? So better to stand your ground and stand for your country and do what you can. So that's why I guess I keep coming back to local. If you don't know what to decide with this federal election, and I'm not here to make up your mind for you. I'm just trying to present a few different options so that you can think on it on your own. But if you don't know which way you should go, maybe don't do anything with it. Maybe focus on what can you do with your local school board? What What can you do with your local farmers or your community that you can get people together. You can share ideas and resources and and try to do something, you know, but again, it's all going to be pretty short lived unless we get some major movements of people going in the same direction. That's how they got this in. They got this in with this mass formation stuff where uh, they know how to induce mass formation and they induced it in the population you basically create a boogeyman. Everybody's afraid of something. And then they want the government to save them. And the government just brings in the next phase of the agenda. And so maybe in a way we have to reverse engineer that. But moving on from all those points, because it is kind of a Rubik's cube to untangle here, is uh, it's the idea that, oh, where am I going to go with this? I've I'm kind of blanking out because it's like, my brain is hurting from, from talking about this so much is, um, you eventually are going to have to think about your own self-sustaining situation. You know, whether you're going to stay where you live, whether you're moving, whether you're, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to go down either way. We, We know that They're coming after the food, the taxes are going up, the price of housing is going up. A lot of people can't even afford to live. Uh, If the jobs are mandating all these different things and going totally woke, and if you don't fit in that category, finding a job is going to be a lot harder. They're slowly replacing your job with technology, right? We know where it's at. So um, the best thing you can do is try to be as self-sufficient as possible. Try to get in with your community, with like-minded people find the strategy that works best and go with it but we can't um, do nothing that's what i wanted to say we're not just going to sit back and do nothing here let's not write off the country just because it's a complicated issue and say it's hopeless because it's not in fact the big hope i see is that we're getting closer to a better response like i saw a lot of hope as a canadian when i saw the truckers kick off and now that i'm seeing everybody's really pushing hard to get Pierre in because they're just that desperate to get rid of Trudeau. Um, You're seeing that we can have an effect when we come together and the ideas work and we're unified on these basic issues. Pierre Polyev, unless it was all planned, wasn't supposed to get in. The media was attacking him. I mean, I've got some screenshots. Did I post it? I got some screenshots of the kind of attacks that he was getting all over the media. And that's usually my indication that if they start going hard after somebody, then they're a threat. Yeah, here it is. So the fact that Canadians ignored the media, again, because they've already had enough of it, and still voted Pierre in on a landslide, that's movement in the right direction. It's not the full picture, but we're getting there. I mean, look at this. The dangerous rise of Pierre Polyev. Trudeau will leave Canada in Polyev's hands. Pierre Polyev's callous courting of Canada's deplorables. (laughs) They were calling us deplorables too. Uh, The coordinated hate campaign thrives under complicity of silent majority. Pierre Polyev may win the Conservative Party but lose the country. Pierre needs to calm down his angry mob. Pierre Polyev is Canada's most dangerous, appalling politician. Oh, the whole thing with Diagelon, which was just a meme and a big joke. It was a big troll. Um, but they couldn't stop talking about it. Pierre Poilievre is a dangerous politician. He's the symptoms of conservative sickness. Like, it's just, the media has no shame. But, you know... Does that mean that they can't fabricate this to to get the result they want? Again, if this was an agenda to appease a country that has really, really had enough and they know it, then, uh, yeah, maybe you would maybe you would seed the media with this kind of stuff to allow that to be the main argument, right? I don't know. Um, yeah, and then here's the other problem we have to deal with, is that Pierre is also, even though there's all, everybody's smiling and high-fiving him because he won, there's a lot of snakes in the grass around him, Okay, especially in the Conservative Party. And then add the NDP and the Liberals on top of that, and then all the judges and the Senate and all the corrupt stuff going on that allowed for what's happened in Canada to take place. Do you think Pierre can take that on all by himself? So if Pierre got in and he was a good guy and he was trying to do something, even for a short period of time until they got to him, then he would need all of Canada and the PPC and everybody, anybody fighting for freedom and for this country would have to back that movement and protect that because he's in a swamp. He'd be like a a Trump character in Canada that would have to withstand that. And uh, if if he just gets in, I'm concerned Canada will just stop fighting. It'll be like, Oh, finally, we got rid of Trudeau. Let's go back to drinking beer on the porch in 40 weather. Forget this. I'm out of the political game. In fact, if Pierre got in, or even if Maxime got in, or I don't know, whoever the best person could be gets in, that's actually the time for more energy, more push, more movement, working on the local levels, because maybe you got a guy in that can help on a few issues, but you've got a boatload of other issues, and these people have, they're all over your country. Our country is completely captured. Here's an example. This happened, what, last year? When one of our good MPs, I can't remember where they were, what province, maybe Saskatchewan, came up and asked about this WEF thing. And look what happened, the cameras went out. The cameras got all messed up. Do you remember this?
1: Member member for
4: Oshawa. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I listened to my colleague's speech. I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WEF World Economic Forum has quoted infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy.
1: Uh, order, order, order! I, I know he was. I know the, uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and, and I, I apologize. apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay, uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honourable the, the, the honourable member for Timmins-James Bay.
2: Mr. Speaker, that member was promoting. Open disinformation. That's not debate. We have to call up disinformation. I uh, want we'll to get into debate again.
1: Uh, the honourable member, uh, questions and comments. The honourable member for Lambton ken Middlesex.
6: Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and and I'm just thank you to my honourable colleague for her. Sp-
0: so did you say? Did you see that? Just bypass the guy. Oh, camera. The audio's crap. The cameras aren't working. Uh, let's move on. Uh, you can go. And then the guy that gets up goes. That guy was promoting blatant misinformation and conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah, probably. And the next, it, it, like, this is this is what we're dealing with, a clown show. They don't want you to know, even though it's now public knowledge that this is the case. And I think this is was 2021, wasn't it? Or is it 2020? I can't remember. And yes, uh, Ken is saying it was an Oshawa member of parliament. Ask the Speaker of the House whether or not there is outside interference in Canada's democracy as Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum has bragged about penetrating the cabinet of Justin Trudeau. He did. He did brag about it. So, you know, we've got judges in this country that are putting people in jail who honked a few horns. They're freezing bank accounts on behalf of what they're being told by some of these other government officials. Like there's the orders that come down and there's the people that follow the orders and they follow the orders like with a big smile on their face. Like, oh yeah, you want me to freeze the bank accounts? You want me to give these people $10,000 fines for not downloading your app? You want me to lock people up? You want me to go knock on their door and check to make sure they're quarantined? You want me to go and uh, arrest these people for political speech that's offensive, that we find offensive? I can't wait to do it. This country's full of these people. So my big concern is no matter who you get in, even if they were well-meaning, and I'm not saying don't do it because of this, but there's still the issue of the fact that we've got snakes in the grass everywhere, and that's a massive problem. Now, that doesn't mean you don't fight. It doesn't mean you don't try to do something. It just means let's keep it realistic. Now, this is interesting. Let's move on a little bit here. Uh, Actually, before we move on, let me get some of your comments. What do you guys think? Let's go, Brandon, on Foxhole saying Rise Attire did a great edit of this. Oh, did they? Oh, I should check it out. They're talking about the edit of that video. Oh, thank you, Nat, for the shades. Let me go through make sure I thank everybody. Sean Joe for the cookie. Appreciate it, guys. Um, Let me check on DLive and Twitch over here. Whoa, lots of chat going on. This is good. (laughs) The revenge of the nerds finally grabbing power. Yeah, it's a crazy situation. All right, well, let's move on here. A few other points in the news I wanted to bring up, some interesting stuff. Speaking about Arrive Can and Canadian issues, we got this is from the CBC. (laughs) Check, this is just getting so brutal. ArriveCan can requirement for Detroit free press marathon raises confusion with runners. So these are just people that are doing a run. They're doing a marathon across the border. <laughs> Check this out. They're saying when Michigan resident Jacqueline Brown got an email from the Detroit free press marathon, telling her she would have to fill out the ArriveCan can app before crossing the border during the half marathon. She said she initially panicked. In an email to CBC News on Wednesday the Detroit Free Press Marathon said it was informed it was informed by the Canadian government that all international race participants would need to use the ArriveCan app when taking part in the mid-October race events. The event noted that filling out the app was mandatory and that failure to not fill out the app could result in being prohibited from entering Canada. Prohibitants need to fill out the app within 72 hours of crossing into Canada so they can submit it before starting the run. (laughs) Like, just think about this. What do they do? They they run across the border and then they run back? Like, and they can't do that unless they fill out, they have to download this app, which has tracking technology in it. It's a Canadian government app and people are trying to say it's almost operating like some kind of a passport. But, well, yeah, it is. It's a digital passport. It's the prequel to the digital passport. And for some reason, all these other countries have paused this. Well, not all of them, but Canada's is the only one still doing it with the COVID thing with this vaccine status because that's part of their RiveCan Can app. So what they want to see is they want to know if you've been vaccinated. That's what it's all about. And I just can't believe but we're still here. How is this still a thing? We're the only people doing this. or one of the few, one of the very few countries doing this. And we're still doing it. And these guys can't even come in for a marathon. It's like, it's called an international marathon. And they all have to download the app. Like, how ridiculous is that? Now, I had a friend of mine that just got back. They were doing, they were at the land border and they came back. They went, I don't know where they went to the States. They came back and they said, 30 30 minutes ahead of them one of their friends was crossing in and they got harassed and pulled over and told they have to go and do this and that and then when they went through they got somebody else at the border and they didn't care they didn't ask and they just let them by so it's a hit or miss at the land border when you're going through the airport what i've been hearing is that for the most part that's the toughest go is if you're coming back through the airport. Uh, there's a video that I had posted and there's been lots of videos coming out. Um, Officer McNulty, he was on my show last year. He got he got fired for speaking out against a can because he was giving people advice on how to navigate past it. And he got fired from he was a a border guard. So, um, But anyways, there's videos going around of a lot of people. Some people have been able to get past, but a lot of people are pulled off to the side and they're told, you have to fill this out. And if you don't want to download the app, we have a A paper form that you can fill out but it still has all the questions and we're going to follow up with you and if you don't take the test or show your status you have to quarantine and we're going to follow up and all this and if you don't do all of these things if you don't want to participate in it then we're going to fine you thousands of dollars it's ridiculous so i think a lot of canadians are voting pierre because he's been openly saying he's going to get rid of this thing but whoever gets rid of it, somehow this thing has to go. It's just—it's obscene. Um. Oh yeah, let me. Uh, actually, let me pull up my Telegram for this one. <laughs> oh yeah, did you guys see? Speaking, I—I I had this with Prince Charles. Did you see this? This is kind of funny. he's like move this come on servants please move this out of the way i can't be expected to move things on my own these guys are all raised with a silver spoon um oh this is good okay so speaking of progress there's a lot more young people coming out young people coming out on a variety of issues because remember this is a multi-pronged war they're hitting us on a lot of different points it's a cultural attack so you know, to see young people coming out and uh, exposing this is really, really cool because a lot of us were really concerned, especially if you open up something like TikTok and you see where young people are at right now, it's pretty frightening. And you wonder how much of that is legit, how much of that is actual uh, staged videos that are just part of a propaganda campaign, could be a bit of everything. But um, this one was interesting. This girl talks about how she came out of the whole far left feminist mind control.
6: Feminism is a scam. A few years ago, I was an angry, blue-haired feminist. I once believed that male privilege was real, and that I was a victim of the wage gap. Now that I understand the true motives of feminism, I know that this could not be further from the truth, and that modern-day feminism is a war on true masculinity. Before women had the right to vote, most were stay-at-home wives, which meant they weren't working jobs and couldn't be taxed. Our overlords didn't like that. Rockefeller started funding feminist campaigns in media, and as a consequence of the movement, women started entering the workforce and leaving the home. Children would then be separated from their parents and sent to Rockefeller funded schools to be indoctrinated by the state. All of this ultimately disrupting the family unit at its core. Feminism is defined as the belief in social, economic, and political equality of the sexes. But in the West I must ask what rights do men have that women don't? Modern feminists are convincing women that hookup culture using hormonal birth control and not shaving is liberation. That toxic masculinity is prevalent and the patriarchy must be dismantled. Through movies and media, we're taught that working for the man, climbing the corporate ladder and paying tax is more empowering and valuable than raising the next generation. Women have lost touch with our natural loving instincts and birth rates are plummeting. Men and women are not the same. And by protesting for equality of outcome rather than opportunity, feminists are demonizing and emasculating men.
0: I mean, very well articulated. It's just, uh, it's good to see. People are thinking outside the box because it's everywhere. You can't even turn on a, a movie now with without this or a television show. Even some of the stuff, I gotta really monitor what my kids are doing at all times because this propaganda stuff is everywhere. Um oh yeah, and speaking of like the royals and the queen, did you guys hear about this new series coming out, this new TV series coming out? It's called The Serpent Queen. Have you seen this? I obviously haven't watched it. I don't even know if it's out yet, but it's coming to stars. It's called The Serpent Queen, and it's Catherine de Medici. <laughs> Interesting last name there. And just, I wonder, look at the dress. <laughs> What's this all about? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, okay, we come back. So, yeah, I'll just uh, go through a few more things here. I think I got most of it. Yeah, this is, okay, this was interesting because, yeah, this is, let's get into some of the COVID stuff. Okay, first of all, just so you know, there's this doctor on Twitter, she's great. Her name is, let me pull her up here so you can see it. If you're on Twitter, Dr. Anastasia Mary Lupi, Lupus, Lupi, um, she's, she's awesome. She's been really hitting it hard. She's saying that SADS, sudden adult death syndrome, is not a diagnosis. We want autopsies every single time to determine the cause of death. This is a big issue with the COVID narrative um, because what they've been telling us is that they don't have a diagnosis. Like in Alberta, that was what was interesting was that they had SADS was basically the number one cause of death next to all these other diagnosed causes. And you sit and you go, wait, yeah. That's not a diagnosis that means you didn't diagnose it you're just saying that it's something you don't know so where's the science when you really need it if you don't know and why aren't you working overtime to determine what the cause is we want to see the autopsies we want to see the evidence right because we all know what's really going on um we have a massive uptick in deaths due to all these different causes like here you go another one i post these weekly and i could be posting them all day every day but I just post a few here and there just to give you the picture. Autopsy ordered after healthy 18-year-old lifeguard dies suddenly in Italy's San Benedito del Tronto. A healthy lifeguard dies suddenly at the age of 18, an autopsy has been ordered. Well, let's see if we get the results of the autopsy. And it's an interesting dynamic because we all know with what's going on with these shots and what world-renowned experts are talking about and warning people about uh, that they're a major culprit behind these heart attacks and these blood clots. And of course they're denying it. And they're telling us we're all dying of climate change and all this other crap, but the, it just keeps coming out in the actual mainstream media. Singers, actors. I mean, how's Justin Bieber doing? Didn't he have to just cancel his entire tour because he's suffering health effects still? Um, We all saw him with the Pfizer smile, you know? Uh, I just watched the UFC fights this past weekend, and one of the fighters had droopy face on one side. You know, like you just you see these all this stuff going on all over the world, and the media is acting like nothing's happening. It's just ridiculous. But this is why it's good to see more and more doctors calling it out. You know, let's do real science. You keep talking about science. Let's do some real science. Uh, this is a good uh, account here on some things called the ethical skeptic. Uh, This was a good post that they had. And let me just pull up the actual article. I hope it'll let me show you. Hold on. All right, whatever. Okay, here it is. What's behind the surge of nearly 8,000 excess deaths since April? So these are the types of sites and accounts that are actually just tracking the upticks in deaths, what the age categories are, what whether they're listed as having a cause or no uh, no, we don't know it's a mysterious death and they're comparing to other years so some people out there really doing the the journalism and they're just collecting this information and i think that's really important so i'm not going to read through it just want to point it out i usually document it over at my telegram if you guys want to follow that and like i said i'm going to be doing some more news shows for you so we can go through all this stuff as it comes out. Cause I have a feeling the next couple months are just going to be bangers, man. It's going to be insane. Um, yeah, I even had more people that I know telling me horror stories of friends and family of theirs, the stuff they're going through as they wake up to the fact that they've been deceived. And for some people, sadly, it's a little too, little too late. Um, Oh, and I guess I should play this really quickly. It's just brilliant. In response to Prince Charles and the whole Green Agenda climate cult, I don't know if this reporter was expecting this response from an astrophysicist when he asked him about the weather, uh, but the response is really good. And so check this out. This is Piers Corbin
7: wildfires, the smog-filled cities and poor harvest are being seen by some environmentalists as signs of climate change. Let's now cross live to London to discuss this with Piers Corbin, he's an astrophysicist and also founder of Weather Action. Uh, Good to have you, thanks very much indeed for joining us live there in London. So what we're seeing here is a drastic changing climate, aren't we?
1: Well, climate has always been changing, uh, but this has nothing to do with man. In fact, we predicted that there would be extreme heat in uh, East Europe and Russia this uh, summer. And uh, it's caused by a certain circulation pattern. CO2 does not cause circulation patterns. What causes those is combination of solar activity and uh, the state of the, the phases of the moon. But hang on, Piers, uh, wait, wait, excuse, excuse me, just a minute. You say this isn't caused by man. How come they're reporting this heat
7: wave is recognised as the worst in the thousand years of recorded history in well, Russia? Well, and, uh, well, of course. And surely man has got something
1: to do with this, hasn't he? No, nothing to do with it. The only, the only connection is man is here at the same time as the sun and the moon are doing things. Um, You see, a very similar situation happened about 132 years ago, where there was the same sun, earth, lunar, magnetic states. Um, There was uh, heat waves in Russia and there were also floods in Pakistan as now. And in the previous few years there was also uh, floods in the English summers, uh, also 132 years ago. So, these things are... Dictated by solar activity in the moon, they're nothing to do with mankind. And those who say that are just trying to make money out but, of but but, but but are we not going to see this?
7: Uh, are we not going to see this again next year, the year on? I mean, it's only
1: well, it's quite recent. That that's a have, very well, interesting question. These things do come in bursts, and we're working on that very question. Those forecasts. We did say there would be a series of wet summers in England, for example, uh, which we've had. Now, will there be a series of these very hot? hot summers in, in Russia, we don't know. We have to work on that. But I assure you, it's nothing to do with carbon dioxide. And if you stop stop driving around Moscow, it won't affect next summer one job.
7: Well, how come then so many climate change scientists uh, disagree with <laughs> you
1: and they get so much support well, for what uh, they say? They're on a gravy train, for heaven's sake, they're made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so well done. It's So nonchalant the way he's like, well, it's, you know, Man just happens to be here while the sun and moon are doing things, you know, like it's just, it's incredible. It's the same thing with the COVID thing. If you notice the similarities between the two, you've got a bunch of scams being run on humanity all at the same time and all for the same purpose to make rich people already richer and to take power and control and and do all this kind of stuff. We know what the big agenda is, Um, but you can start to see them all crumbling. The public is starting to get caught up with this kind of stuff they're not falling for these narratives anymore. And you've got more scientists starting to go, oh, can I come out and say something now? So we're getting more and more other, I think Piers Corbin has been talking about this for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyways, I thought that was a good clip because of course, you know, Prince Charles and the World Economic Forum and all these uh, people running in government. And I have a feeling we're gonna have to sit Pierre down and talk to him about this stuff if he does end up getting in, um, That there's a whole other side to the story. And this is all a big scam. And we don't need to go along with it. So just keep sharing out those kind of clips. And it's good to see more scientists catching these journalists off guard, bringing some facts. Um, oh, and yeah, I will point this out really quick. If you guys do want to get some more information on the history of the Royals and the Queen and all of that, the sort of esoterical cult view, you go to my telegram, t.mead forward slash dwtruthwarrior, and I've posted all the slides that I did with my show with Josh, talking about it. If you didn't have time for the show, you just wanted to kind of read through. Um, and there's some really, really good information there. Order of the Garter, the history, the connection to the ancient Egyptian pharaonic dynasties, the types of occult rituals that they're doing, Whether all these people know everything or not, at the highest level, it's known. And there's so many amazing things to look at if you know the language of this esoteric symbolism. So there's the show. You can check that out. I thought it was a really good chat. Just to give you the other side. Oh, and this is a good quote from uh, Dr. Bella Dodd, former member of the National Committee of the U.S. Communist Party, saying, I think... The communist conspiracy is merely a branch of a much bigger conspiracy. And every once in a while, you get these little admissions that they're like, yeah, I think we're a part of a bigger a bigger wheel within wheels scenario here. So just thought that was a good quote. And as we're wrapping down, because I see the time is ticking on, guys, I wanted to just read you this quote. You can't get any better than this. This is E.E. E. Cummings saying to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you like everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting and this is the pinnacle of what we are fighting for if you love your freedom this is your mantra that you are trying to live your life find out who you are find out what your purpose here is what makes you different what makes you unique and how can you bring that into your own life and even to the world and if you want that kind of freedom to be who you are in a world that is trying to turn you into something other than you are they're trying to mold you they're trying to shape you they're trying to manipulate you on so many different levels for many different reasons Everybody wants to turn you into them or convert you to their cause or convert you to their side. Put aside even everything I've said today and start thinking for yourself and looking deep within yourself and asking yourself, who am I? Why am I here? And what kind of life do I really want? Do I want freedom? Do I want the responsibility that comes with it? Am I am I able to be strong enough to withstand the storm the of the crowd around me of the people around me and all this propaganda and brainwashing am i able to be myself or am i just going to become a photocopy of everybody else and that's why i encourage you you know look at these kind of statements take them with you and uh try to forge your own path create your own opinion And we're going to have to fight for freedom harder than we've ever had to fight before. All indications are showing that. It's nice if we have some help at the political level, but it's not where we invest all of our chips. Even if the worst political scenario happens, the power always lies with you. It's always lied with the people. It's always lied with the people that actually produce things and create things. And so hang out with people that believe the same as you in that regard. And even if you disagree on other points, if you can agree on this point, that you have the right to forge and create yourself as a unique entity, as a unique mind, and that you have the right to your own life, your own freedom, your own property. You have the right to reap your own reward and forge yourself and create yourself in this life as you see fit. That you don't have to just be another carbon copy of everybody else talking about the same opinions, the same uh, beliefs, the same worldview, you can become who you really are. And the idea was to create a system in the world that would allow you to have that. And we haven't perfected it. It's definitely in shambles right now. It's under attack, but that doesn't mean it doesn't still live inside of you. You are this, when we say freedom, you're talking about a part of who you, what you are. So when people start to try to bring you down for fighting for freedom, pay them no mind. They don't understand it. They probably never will. Maybe one day they will, but right now I wouldn't worry about those people. Stick to the people that are on your side with that. And that's that's where we leave it. That's That's the best solution ultimately is uh, that you reclaim your freedom in your own life, regardless of what the rest of the world is doing. Because if you're just waiting around for the rest of the world to wake up and do something, if you're waiting around for these politicians just to do something, you're going to be waiting a while. You know. Although that said, it is nice to see that we are seeing some legitimate political movements out there uh, because we do have to fight this battle on many fronts. And I only hope that we see some justice for what's been done um, I hope we see truth come to light. I think we're seeing it more and more. That's what I expect to see as we go, because you can see the trend, can't you? This, The lie can't stay in place forever. It's going to come apart eventually. It already is, and it's going to continue to do that. And so what we can expect coming is that as that, those lies and this manipulation unravels and more people catch on to it, the other side's going to get even more nasty, even more dirty. And that means you have to become even stronger and more committed and you got to fight for that freedom and you got to never stop fighting. So, uh, that's all I got for you guys today. Just a little smorgasbord. I hope you'll join me Wednesday. I'll be posting all the details over on my social media. You can follow me on my main is Twitter and telegram, but I'm also on gab. I'm on cloud hub and a few others. Uh, please check me out there. If you want to get information, uh, on past work that I've done. If this is your first time tuning in, go to dwtruthwarrior.com. That's my main website. It'll direct you to all my social media, my past work, all the other projects I'm involved in. You can check me out there. If you want to check out my documentary series, Cult of the Medics, where we analyze the occult history of the medical industrial complex, you can go watch eight chapters. They're all there for free right now over at cultofmedics.com. And then if you want to get into some really advanced information Uh, We've been having some amazing conversations and breakthroughs over at unslave.com. It's a premium podcast. It's a paid service. It's kind of like the premium side of things uh, for the work that I do here. I teamed up with the great Michael Tessarian, and we have a very unique archive of information over there that you can check out. Um, And uh, that is what allows me to do this work and allow us to have that platform that is its own platform. We have our own forums. We have a huge library there, a great group of people and constant uh, content that's coming out. So you can check that out over at unslave.com. And with that, guys, I want to thank you all. And I will catch you on Wednesday. Have a good one, everybody. Keep fighting for that freedom. I'll catch you next time. Cheers.